listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, Denver? Welcome back to another podcast. Today, I've got a full studio. We got a couple that just completed their first house hack, and they bought it for less than $5,000 down. And no, it is not a VA loan. So today, my co-host and agent that ran the trans- transaction is Lauren Valinotti. Lauren, good morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. Glad to have you back in here. Definitely excited to talk about this one. This is a really, really cool deal. Yeah, this one, uh, I know there's some moving parts on here. And it was definitely hard to do during the current craziness of the market, mm-hmm. but you made it happen. What did you like most about the deal? It was a challenging one. It was a very competitive price point out there. And um, we were able to use the Bank of America grant program to where actually at the end of the um, transaction, they got a check back, which is pretty which, cool. How does that happen? This is only the second time that this has happened. The other time was with a Chaffa deal. So um, not using Chaffa, but the Bank of America grant program just shows the power of this loan. Yeah. So that means they're actually at the closing table and they walked away with a check, mm-hmm. which is awesome and very rare. Yeah. But you take checks when you get them. Absolutely. All right. So our, our couple guest today is Will and Diana. And they are, I think, early 20s, mid 20s. Mid 20s. Uh, mid 20s now. <laughs> all right. But they have a great story because they actually moved out to Denver as part of like their life plan, their wealth building plan to go out there and, and be happier, build wealth, and just have a great story to share. They're starting their journey. And this house hack was, you know, one of the first major steps of the wealth building component. So, guys, glad to have you here. Yeah. We're really excited to be here. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> so, Diana, give us the, the quick background because, like, the, the story that you guys have on just how you've, you know, you're still so young mm-hmm. and how you got such a great perspective on life, I think is is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a message that a lot of other, uh, you know, people, especially young people can relate to because we've all, you know, a lot of people want to be like, well, I might not want to do what I originally planned to do from high school and college. So kind of give us a background on you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Will and I went to the same college. We were next door neighbors when we started our relationship <laughs> and we graduated from college, got into our quote unquote dream jobs. Uh, we're meeting society's standards, you know, thought we were doing the right thing, but we kind of just looked around one day and we're like, you know, what? we're really, really unhappy and I don't want to do this forever. You know, I'm in my early twenties at this point. I want to move forward and I, I don't want to be stuck in this spot. So we just started looking for more and that's kind of what led us to real estate investing. So give it, give a, what, what book, what podcast, what idea got you like focused on, you know, more of the kind of creating the life you want in real estate investing specifically? So I would say, um, kind of start off, I'm a big YouTube guy. So I, uh, you know, was hearing some stuff about like, you know, financial independence. And, you know, once you start down a rabbit hole there, it like, you know, starts recommending a bunch of stuff to you and you can kind of get lost in it. But, you know, start off with a few, uh, you know, just YouTubers that were, you know, younger and doing, you know, investing in real estate and having a lot of success with it. And then that kind of snowballed into, you know, the mentions of bigger pockets. And then, mm-hmm. you know, once, as you guys know, once you get involved with there, they have, you know, hundreds of podcasts on all sorts of different things. And that's like the rabbit hole wall rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So like that, you know, as we're working at, you know, like you said, we we're working jobs and I found myself just literally, you know, I, I worked a couple of like mindless jobs that, you know, weren't very engaging. And I would literally just have headphones in all day listening to like real estate investing podcasts. Like how, how do we make this happen? You know, what, what are the next steps? And, you know, at the time we're living in California and the more we came to the realization, you know, it's, it's getting really, really tough. Like, especially people our age, they don't have a whole bunch of capital, aren't super established to, uh, you know, 
make that down payment because everything is ridiculously expensive and uh there were only like a few parts in california that we could really afford um especially what we were looking for like based off bigger pockets you know i was pretty dead set on like the house hacking idea but yep. more so about like a duplex triplex you know that's that sort of route i didn't really know about the room by room thing much um because i would say i don't know how common that is in california like <laughs> wasn't something that was like, really on our radar um not until we came here and started listening to your podcast um but yeah it was definitely you know something that we really were not happy with our jobs and just we're really looking for something different. So, And through Bigger Pockets, we actually learned about an organization called One Life Fully Lived. And they have a course that kind of helps you figure out what you truly want in life and kind of shows you a roadmap to get there. So we actually went through that course together. We would do it separately and then review our answers. And it was a really cool, like, I don't know, relationship moment for us to grow. But then we were able to get on the same page about like, what do we really want? And something for us is we love getting outdoors. We love, you know, time <laughs> with each other and doing the things we love with our families too. So then that kind of led us into what is a place that we can live at that can provide all of those things for us and not have to travel six hours. Cause that's how it was in California to drive to Tahoe or the Sierra Nevada mountains. You have to drive six hours from the coast where we lived. So then we started kind of like researching different States and we were choosing between Oregon and Colorado. And, like, and we looked at like even like Montana, yeah, Idaho, Montana. Like, you know, really like, after like, you know, learned a lot about investing and like where good markets were and stuff that would, you know, long-term would be, you know, growing and, you know, great appreciation and stuff. So, you know, that's kind of how we settled on, you know, Colorado and, you know, we were kind of choosing between like Colorado Springs and Denver, um, both, you know, really have good, you know, outlooks on uh, the future for real estate. But, um, a lot of it was dependent on my job. I was applying for a job out here and it was kind of dependent on where I got located with that. And it, yep. it happened to be in Denver, um, which, you know, we were, Shoot, we originally wanted Colorado Springs just because it's a little bit cheaper and for what we had to work with, that was, you know, more of what we wanted, but you know, we still were willing to try and make Denver work and it's proven to be uh, successful so far. So, but something cool that I wanted to add was Will and I decided that we wanted to move to Colorado. We made that decision. Will applied for a job, got it a month later. And we moved here two months after our decision was made. Wow. We just, we, we Power were like, intention, right? Yeah. Right. We we're like, we're going to go for it and we know it's going to make our life better. And we, we're like, you know, if we get there and it's not what we think, we can just move back. It's not a big deal. We just wanted to try. Yeah. And then a year later, we bought our first house. Because so. you moved out here about a year ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> very, like, beginning of March of 2020. So essentially, like, another thing that was crazy was Right pandemic. when COVID started. Two exactly. Weeks. We moved here two weeks before. Prior, yeah. So, like, literally, <laughs> if the pandemic had started and, like, blown up, like, two weeks prior, like, I don't know if we would have made the move. Like, because it was a big step mm -hmm. in our life and... You know, with how everything unfolded. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I was like, I don't know if I want to travel or like go to somewhere completely new, you know, but, yeah. and it did make it like a little interesting when we first got here because, like, right when we got here, everything started shutting down. So, like, social life and like making new friends is, you know, still to this day, like, haven't had a bunch of opportunities to do that quite yet. Um, you know, we've made connections through our jobs and stuff, but, you know, as far as like, you know, just getting out and like networking and, you know, that's been kind of put on the back burner, but something we definitely want to, you know, get into once. but it pushed us to do the things that we came here to do which essentially was we went camping at least three weekends out of every single month nice. in the summer and it helped us like you know go do something that we love and get clarity on how we really wanted to do this and get set in that mindset to push to mm -hmm. get like achieving our goal of buying a house and mm -hmm. that's a good highlight just about the city of of denver to be able to have that lifestyle even during a global pandemic mm -hmm. <laughs> It really just shows that you can still go out and have a great time yeah. and enjoy life and get out into nature and not feel like you're cooped up in the house. Yeah. All day. 
Exactly. Yeah, definitely. It worked to our like advantage, I would say, because we were like, you know, like after college, we're like kind of over the whole partying thing. Like we, you know, we have some friends still that, you we know, were, like to go out and hey, we were not partiers in college. <laughs> yeah. Even in college, like we were like, you know, it's like almost attached to go yeah. out and like, you know, do all that. So we're like, you know, get, being able to like still go out in the mountains and like enjoy what we love, love to do. Like it almost seemed like the pandemic, like wasn't really a thing, you know, for us, but um, yeah, it's definitely still a yeah. crazy, crazy time. All right. So you guys moved out to Denver about a year ago, got a new, you know, focus on where you want to take your lives and you know, a big shakeup from what you grew up with going to college, mm-hmm. moved out here, pandemic hit. Um, so again, life throws your curveballs. You move, you move forward. You're out here camping, getting to the city. And then I know, I think it was like quarter, quarter four of last year. I think we got connected. We started talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we all start working together, kind of find you guys a house hack. When you, when you, when you first started searching for things, what was your criteria? What were you looking for? So actually it was, um, you know, kind of had the same mentality from when we came from California, looking for that duplex triplex, you know, the very, you know, standard, like not standard, but like what's big on like bigger pockets, what they suggest of, you know, like if you want a house hack, like that's, you know, like the most ideal way to do it. And, oh, yeah. um, so we came out here with that mentality and, um, you know, it was kind of like, we started off just like driving around neighborhoods, like trying to like, just get familiar with, with, you know, all the communities and whatnot and getting a feel for them. And, um, that's kind of when I started looking for podcasts in particular for Denver, like in, with, you know, in regard to investments and came across your podcast and, uh, listened to the whole, uh, ultimate house hacking guide, um, stemmed me to get the book, read the book. Uh, and then I was just kind of like the point where I was like, man, like, I think this is the company we should reach out to. And, you know, at that point, we had our first conversation with Lauren, and you guys kind of were saying, like, you know, we, we expressed our, you know, our wants for a duplex and all that, and we you're like... Pop that bubble. Yeah, exactly. You're like, <laughs> Luckily, hey. pop that bubble. Like, I was, you know, I was wanting to find something, like, under... Because, like, in California, like, a lot of people that I, you know, watched on YouTube were like, you know, buy undervalued, you know, properties in, like, a higher-priced neighborhood, you know, put some money into it and get a great return off it after you, like, refinance. Like, the whole burst strategy works really well there. But uh, when we came here, you're like, yeah, it's pretty tough to do, especially if you're trying to like conserve capital, do it on a budget. Like, you know, it, it's it's tough. So uh, and then you're, you know, like you're a big proponent of like the room by room thing. So, um, you know, I was I was totally open to that. It was definitely tough getting hurt. Yeah, to, as a couple. What was because usually the guys are much more receptive to it. Than, yeah. So than I was like, you know, I threw out the idea. I was like, hey, like, you know, this this is a strategy I've learned about that works really, really well here in Denver. And she was like, I don't think so. I like, was like, no, no way. No. Yeah. Or, you know, at college, I'm done with the roommates. We're done. But then Will was like, well, hold on, because he knows I'm a numbers person. He knows I can get it. And he just showed me the difference with t- between your guys' spreadsheet, what our numbers would look like and our returns. And I was like okay, yeah, I can sacrifice. (laughs) That is an insane amount of returns and it accelerates our goals even faster. So Mm -hmm. I said, we were were comparing like, you know, I would say like three twos and stuff to like, just like living it for a year or two, you know, fix it up and then just rent it out right afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then I was also like, you know, messing with the whole like four bedroom, five bedroom. And then, um, you know, with the opportunity of, you know, like, I just liked options. Like that was the thing that I wanted to like, not just pick one house and have it like have to work one way. Mm-hmm. So what I really liked about like, you know, bigger houses was, you know, a lot of them had basements a lot of the time. You could either like separate into two separate units or you could do room by room. Um, you know, just had those options. So, uh, and like, I, I think that helped you a little bit. I was like, you know, it doesn't have to be like every single room is rented out. Like we could just do one downstairs, you know, keep some privacy. And, uh, you know, I think you really started to open up to it and, you know. Well, when I saw the return, I could not yeah. help myself. Yeah, <laughs> There's you know, we're literally no like, way. We're looking at like new built townhomes and stuff, which was awesome. Like, I, I am kind of a handy person, so I don't mind doing work on the house. And like, I do get some enjoyment out of it. So 
you know, it wasn't necessary to get a brand new new build for me because um, a lot of the new builds, the best I could find was something that was like breaking even. And, you know, that worked for me. But I was like, you know, the whole risk risk versus reward thing was like, you know, it is a bigger risk to take on like an older house, you know, that does need more work. But, you know, by the spreadsheet, the reward is much, much greater. So and, and this is exactly, you know, part of the process that, that we do here and, you know, that our team does is, hey, cool. You know, everyone has their goals and their ideas. And how do we adapt that to the market? Hey, let's go out there and just look at properties, run numbers mm-hmm. and do things. And Lauren, before actually before we jump into the spreadsheet here, because mm-hmm. we're talking numbers here, mm-hmm. as you guys were walking properties, dissecting them, did anything jump out to you as far as like when you know it's like their their shift in mindset, what they're hunting for? Like, do you remember like any from your perspective, they mm-hmm. like, oh, the, the the flip switched here, or when they started looking at different properties? I would say that they already kind of had the mindset of doing the room by room by room by the time we were going out and like looking. Um, they were very adventurous in the type of property that they were willing to go under contract at. Um, like what was saying is super handy, which is great. Um, but you know, they were looking at all different ranges of projects, I can say, (laughs) and you know, there's nothing wrong with going in and getting a house, you know, that's older. It's just, you know, you want to make sure that the house has really good bones and it's been really well, well cared for. You know, the previous owners just have maintained the property since you're going to be holding it for so long and also putting additional cash into updating it. So it was just really important of walking them through like what to look for on the property of, um, you know, what's a good fixer upper and like a holder. Mm-hmm. And that's something yeah. you're great. Like, you know, you, you know, that then you're great at walking you know walking around the property mm-hmm. pointing out potential drainage issues mm-hmm. walking inside the property pointing out you know potential mm-hmm. cracks in the wall that could be you know you're really good at that and that's a really important part of the process of like you know understanding hey if this has been going like this for 10 20 years right there's going to be some you know mm-hmm. deferred maintenance for potential bigger issues down the road right yeah. there were a few times that we walked properties and other agents would come in and i just kind of observe them because you know i'm just starting to work with lauren i just kind of want to see what other people are doing and it made me realize i was like oh my gosh, I'm so happy Lauren's on my team. Like these agents are so not on her level. And that was something that was really big for us is, you know, we are young, we know we're unexperienced and we really wanted to get work with a team that could really accelerate us as fast as possible. And that's why we're so grateful that we actually found you guys because Mm -hmm. that's, you guys were exactly what we were like hoping for and wishing for. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we know like some people get very emotional about buying houses and like, you know, if like one thing is not exactly how they want, they're like, no, I don't want this house. Like, you know, like, and that was like the exact opposite of what we were yeah. at. We were like, and that's why we really love working with Lauren because, you know, she was more of like an investor mindset, you know, when she looked at properties and stuff. So, you know, she knew like what to look for, like what, you know, would be a good return versus like, you know, trying to get into something that's like, you know, too far gone, <laughs> you know, for the price point. So that definitely gave us a lot of confidence to, uh, you know, put offers in and, you know, keep going for it. And Lauren definitely caught me being emotional about decisions sometimes. And she's like, this is a great, this is a great rental. Look at these bones. I'm like, okay, you're right. Like I <laughs> I need to, cause you know, disconnecting from a purchase like this in an emotional way, something that's trained, it's not a natural ability. Mm. So we had to practice that. And uh, that's why it was so wonderful to work with Lauren that she just constantly was kind of like helping us push that mindset. Have you ever bought something this expensive before? Nope. No. Exactly. And, that, and so it's, I mean, emotions come out because you're, you know, you're buying an yeah. expensive asset. Yeah. And it definitely took a while. Like, cause like, you know, that everyone talked about like analysis paralysis, like that was definitely me for, you know, I would say a couple of years. Like, I, cause I've been interested in like real estate. My family never had any like rental properties or anything like that. But, um, actually I wouldn't say that. Like my grandma has like one in Santa Cruz and I was just like, wow, like you're just like Airbnb and that, like 
making like, you know, it's a very passive investment and making really good money off it. So I was like, and I also had some like family friends that have definitely like, I see their success now. And like, all I knew was like, oh, they were in real estate. Like mm-hmm. didn't really ever get too much into it. You know, some of them like bought lots and like sat on them and like, you know, sold mm-hmm. them later on. But um, yeah, and I know we, we both kind of grew up in, you know, definitely like nicer homes and we we're kind of accustomed to that. But, you know, like just educating ourselves, we were learning like, you know, that really isn't that important to us. You know, it's the value you can get out of it. It was what we were looking we're after. So it's a different mindset. Yeah. It's not your yeah. forever home. Exactly. You know, it's just yeah. an investment property and you have to kind of put your investor goggles on mm-hmm. and think, is the renter going to be happy? You know, yeah. what's the yeah. vacancy rate? You know, if yeah. this wall is cream versus white or something. Exactly. Like, and I think like it that. added another layer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it added another layer for us too, that we would be living in it. So I kind of had to, mm-hmm. Uh, like be in tune with my emotions and catch my ego a few times and be like, because some of the, I mean, to be honest, the house we bought now, I would usually would never have lived in, but I had to check my ego and say, this is for something bigger than I even know right now for my future. So I'm okay. I have a roof over my head. Everything works perfectly. It's a beautiful home. It's just not what I am used to growing up in in California. So my ego needed to be shut down with that. Well, (laughs) older Diane and older Will appreciate that decision, guys. Yes. Um, So I want to let's dive in the spreadsheet here because I I want to jump into the details of the deal. Mm -hmm. And we're doing a new format here with our our, our deal analyses. We're going to go through a spreadsheet, use that to kind of tell the story of the deal. So if you guys listen to the podcast, you know, these screenshots and notes will be in the blog post. They're also on a uh, screenshot on YouTube video, but also do our best to talk numbers as well. So we actually have two spreadsheets up on here. One is uh, the one that uh, Will prepared before, and we're just going to copy it over to a new spreadsheet, actually plug in the numbers. So I'm going to type in the address, or not the address, but just say <laughs> 52 House Hack in Aurora. Um because this is located near the uh, Fitzsimmons Medical Complex, right? Yes, yeah, it's real close to Light Rail. Um, it's a nice, you know, community. Like, definitely, I would say it's a little bit older crowd in it, which you know we're completely fine with. It's quiet. It's it's awesome. Um, the house we got was actually we learned that it had been rented before by a company. It was like rented out to like four gentlemen. I've, I've met the two, like the you know really nice older woman that lives next to us and then another one that lives across the street from us they like called me over and wanted to meet us like a week after we moved in and kind of like gave us some details on the property they're like like oh we're so happy you guys moved in it's been vacant for a couple months and like they gave us a run i'm like oh yeah four really nice young men used to live there so we're like cool like they'll be cool with us renting this out in the future like you know oh yeah we're so, making friends with them yeah that's for sure will's shoveling their driveway and sidewalks <laughs> yeah, i really like the neighborhood because like the house i really like the format of it and like literally all the houses and it's like a track so like all the houses in the neighborhood are pretty much the exact same you know architecture so you know i would definitely if this one works out i would not be opposed to like staying in that neighborhood and just kind of like, across the street exactly like yeah. you know really makes some yep. good friends with people around us and like you know it makes it's a really easy. good little just spot you know some people have their opinions about aurora i would i would say this location is prime location this is where a lot of our other clients are looking you know close to the hospitals mm-hmm. main reason why we like that is because if you're doing a, a room by room uh, being close to a hospital system you are able to you know market to traveling nurses that are on mm-hmm. like a 90-day rotation or medical students mm-hmm. um, and those types of clinic uh, tenants it's a higher premium tenant mm-hmm. um you know they're not going to do a lot of damage to the property they're yeah. usually pretty quiet just yep. kind of stick to them wood. like cells. <laughs> yeah exactly definitely our target market so uh, 25 to 35 year old you know traveling nurses right students yeah so that worked out yep. fantastic yeah. perfect for us all right so uh one unit this is a primary residence mm-hmm. down payment uh three percent right mm-hmm. so conventional yep yeah so three percent conventional 
which is, uh, this is a unique program. Um, Lauren, tell us a little about this program. Because we're going we're gonna to mention this throughout mm-hmm. the spreadsheet because it's uh, right. the financing is pretty cool on this. So we were able to use the Bank of America grant program. Um, this allows two separate grant programs. So you get a $10,000 towards your, your down payment that you never have to pay back. And then it's also a $7,500 grant that goes towards your closing fees. And again, you never have to pay that back. Um, really, it's just a income requirement. So you have to make less than $150 a year, which is most people. And then the secondary loan is dependent on location. So depending upon how much income you make, um, it's on a sliding scale of location where the property has to be. It needs to be in like a moderate income track or a lower in income track. So this property fell in the proper area for them to get that secondary loan program. Dude, that was a great explanation. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was <laughs> very, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's a complex It is complex. Program, yeah. Right. So. right. Yeah. so all in all, it's $17,500 free money that you mm-hmm. get to use yeah. towards yeah. your payment. Yeah. So 3% down, uh, mortgage insurance. What's the deal with mortgage insurance on this? Then they also have a program that there is no property mortgage insurance. The rates are extremely competitive, which you'll see when we put that in there. Um, it's, you, you know, you keep asking yourself, you know, what's the catch? You know, mm-hmm. you know you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. Um, but we have quite a few clients that have used this that are very numbers driven and they've compared conventional loan programs versus this. And it's come out that, um, you know, no, no PMI with a very low rate, 30 year fix with $17,500 worth of free money. Mm-hmm. Um, there really isn't one. I guess the only caveat here is you do have to claim that income uh, mm-hmm. on your taxes. Yeah. So, so basically you'll get a 1099. I think so. Year, yeah. Right? So it'd be like, you know, I can't agree. It's like, you know, between like three and 4,000, we'll have to pay, you know, tax on that, but. Which we can make in a few months in rent, so. Yeah, for like, <laughs> like you, know, you still walk yeah, away with like 15 grand. So you guys give like, me $17,000, I'll write yeah. you for three grand. Yeah. Right exactly, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's an easy decision. Yeah. So what we're gonna do here, we're gonna select on the spreadsheet upfront single paid, and then it's gonna auto-calculate the upfront mortgage insurance, and we're gonna zero that out uh, a few cells down the road. Purchase okay. price. Um, so, Lord, I know this was a uh, a complex transaction. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you know was listed at and the story behind how you got it under contract. So, this one was listed at three thirty, correct? Mm-hmm. And we came in strong. This is, I think, their second offer of putting in. So, we've gone through the whole song and dance of you know going over list appraisal gap you know inspection it was a investment firm that owned it they were selling it as is and so we went in at 350 um you know not you know waiving inspection which meaning they can do their inspection um but their only right would be to terminate is that correct i think so did that okay yeah (laughs) they'll just to like terminate not really uh, object to anything on it and it ended up there was two cash offers on it. And of course they, yeah. you know, as the investors, they ended up taking that, but I had just built a really good rapport with the agent. She was, uh, you know, been in the business for a while. I think she just really appreciated, you know, um, the camaraderie that I was creating with her and really sold a story as much as I could, you know, mm-hmm. first time home buyers and really wanting this property. Um, so we got her on our side, but, um, you know, she called me and just said, you know, Hey, uh, you know, 
really was pulling for your clients, but my clients are going to go with a cash offer. And I said, well, great. Well, keep us in mind. Let us know if anything changes. And sure enough, I think it was my a week or two weeks, I think a week later, she called me and said, all right, I think we're going to fall out of contracts. Are your clients still interested? Uh, And so we're like, absolutely, let's do it. Called them. Um, And then she, you know, pulled, you know, she told us that it was, they weren't going to put it back on the market, but of course they did. (laughs) And um, going back on the market, it's kind of, you know, it's hard for a listing to get all that momentum at the very beginning. So, um, we were able to, I think on Sunday, go under contract with our yeah. initial offers. Something so. kind of cool to mention here is during this, like we were so, we were moving so fast. And Lauren was like, we, this is a really competitive price point. We need to move as fast as possible. So Will and I worked behind the scenes to say, what exactly are we looking for? What does it need to cash flow for us to be okay with? And what type of repairs are we looking for for us to just, because basically Will's working full time. I, my job was more flexible so I could go to showings, but I'm FaceTiming Will Mm. the entire time. And I'm like, see, this is kind of an issue. This is an issue. And this first time we put in an offer, Will had not even walked to the property. So then we didn't get it. The second time when Lauren called us that day, I think you called us at like 8 a.m. And we're like, this is back on the market. Let's go look at it again. Let's put in an offer. And we worked it out so Will could like rush from work, walk through it. And then we looked at Lauren like, let's do this. <laughs> it was definitely like the best property we had seen. Like yeah. that we were like, well, exactly what we're kind of wanting. Like, so, you know, we're super excited. They came back on the market and, you know, worked out great. Good. So, uh, obviously, did not go under list price. Was it three fifty? Three fifty, correct. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, we're gonna plug in some acquisition cost numbers here, and get it's gonna get wonky with this program here, but we'll make numbers work, and it's good enough for uh, for getting the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Acquisition cost was about forty six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Inspection, appraisal, you know, closing cost fees, radon test, just all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Earnest money. Yep. Loan cost. Uh, it's hard coding about fifteen forty. We'll leave that in there. Um, upfront mortgage insurance is showing at five thousand four hundred thirty-two, which you guys not pay. So we are going to zero that out. Should we do it in seller credits or just repair costs? Um, you can do it in repair costs because there's going to be a few numbers we need to put in there. So it's going to be that PMI that fifty-four thirty-two. So I'm putting. Plus, oh, sorry. How's mm, it? Go ahead. Initial repair costs and B thirty-two. Just mm-hmm. putting equals negative five, four, three, two. So we can zero that out mm-hmm. uh, and just basically offset that. So it, it'll get good enough. Um, and then speaking about now, since we mentioned initial repair costs, let's talk about the inspection. I'm assuming you guys still did inspection on this property, right? Mm-hmm. And was it just inspection termination, no inspection objection? That's how I remember it, but okay. but we were actually able to go back and negotiate some items on it mm-hmm. during inspection. Something happened with the like toilet upstairs, the sewer I think the line water was off when we, yeah. like, we first went through. Yeah. So we're like, oh yeah, it looks great. Like and then like, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and then like yeah. a lot of investors, you know, during winter they'll turn if oh, it's yeah. an unoccupied property they'll turn the water off. And yeah, up the upstairs, the main level floor toilet, there is a leak in the sewer line. So day of inspection, um, I called the agent and just let her know like you know anytime there's an active leak you know we always call the agent like right away Mm -hmm. um to go over there and figure everything out um and so there was 
a sewer line leak up in the toilet. So they repaired, they put a whole so new... So at the toilet, actually, yeah. in the sewer? Yeah, I think it was the wax <laughs> ring. The t- like yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And the, but they couldn't get into the clean out they installed, and it was kind of like ghettoly done. Mm-hmm. So they ended up putting in a whole new sewer line clean out, which is great, too. Oh, yeah. 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 But it kind of opened up a chance for us to go back and ask them for things. And the radon ended up coming in high. So um, the seller ended up also... Um, paying for half of the radon system. Yeah, and I mean radon systems. I mean, usually about a thousand bucks, right? Yeah, or just okay, mm-hmm. a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys got a credit for that radon system, or did the sellers yep. install it? Yes. Okay. Get a credit. Yeah. So we had I mean, installed like a week or two after we moved in. Mm-hmm. So perfect. So mm-hmm. radon system, uh, fix the toilet, sewer line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. toilet sewer line. What else? Mm-hmm. Anything else major on inspection? That was it. That was okay. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are like the biggest things there that they fixed. Um, I think on the property where the carport is um, on the side of the house, there is um, some like sunkenness in the concrete. So water, you know, if it's just the drainage is going towards the house a little bit. So that's that was the biggest thing I was just pointing out to them mm-hmm. that they need to, you know, either get that mud, mud, mud jacked up to ensure that water mm-hmm. is rolling away uh, from the house. So that was yeah. something that we needed yeah. to address too. And then just some like, cosmetic stuff yeah, internally cosmetic stuff and then i think we talked about like it, one of the rooms doesn't have an egress in the downstairs one does but the other one doesn't so that was like you know forecasted costs that we were thinking you know trying to factor in that in order to get it all rent, rent ready like that was something that we had to be prepared for as well but yeah because yeah. you guys are doing let's talk about this because you guys are doing some renovations on here <laughs> yes uh, i've seen some photos of your spray your paint gun and some other stuff mm-hmm. so what's the 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 quick rundown on on the rent ready cost so we, we're trying to budget like, you know, cause with this grant program before, cause like even when we started looking with Lauren, we weren't, we didn't know about the grant program. It wasn't until like halfway through our search that we, I think you had heard of another client that, you know, took advantage of it and you're like, Hey, like, you know, if you guys are willing to like look for low to moderate income tracks, like, you know, this is a great program. And like, we started running the numbers on it. We're like, Holy cow. Like this, this would like completely change the dynamic of it. Cause mm-hmm. with the amount of cash we had, you know, it would have basically gotten us you know, into a property with a, you know, standard, like, you know, $20,000 down payment, um, you know, leave us a little bit for repairs. So it was going to be really, really tight. Uh, but with the grant program, we were essentially able to probably, you know, keep like 80% of our capital, which, you know, definitely took a big load off our shoulders. Oh, like, yeah. You know, issues that come up, like I was stressed, like, Oh God, like I don't know if we'll have enough money after the fact to like do all those. And, but so it, it fast tracked our kind of our goal of, cash like where we wanted to get cash flow wise because before we were thinking okay we only have enough money to really break even but since we had this grant program come into our life now we were able to go for the property that we wanted the cash flow on that was like our actual goal and have the money to put into it the way that we wanted to Mm -hmm. great so for that grant program on the initial repair cost sale we also need to add in that seventeen thousand five hundred dollars which will account for covering the down down payment and then additional cost there mm-hmm. all right so we have all that in the initial repair costs which comes out to like twenty three thousand mm-hmm. dollars um showing your total investments negative 860 which isn't quite correct <laughs> well i think um, that's, that's pretty close because then there was like one other like 450 dollars credit for something because we ended up walking away from the closing no. table with like roughly like 1200 dollars. so i think you know but, but that was, all in, you guys were on for about forty five hundred. Yeah, yeah so that's after. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like you know, we started off, we put in forty six, and then walked away at the end with twelve hundred. So roughly, it was like somewhere around like thirty five, thirty six. So I'm just gonna put in plus five thousand 
So that way your total investment is around 4,000 yeah. and change. Yeah. It was help with the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Again, this is, you know, it's just, it's get it good enough so we yeah. can explain it. So $350,000 house, um, all in for under $5,000 with a check back from closing. So yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. Going on down interest rate. What's your interest rate on here? 2.75. 2.75, 30 year fixed. Mm -hmm. Now rental income, because I can't remember if we talked about this is it before the podcast or during, but it's it's a five bedroom, two bathroom. Mm -hmm. What's that? What's the plan there for, for renting it out? Yeah, so we're actually, the bottom kind of has two suites in a way. There's a living room off of each bedroom downstairs in the basement. So we're actually planning to kind of section those off and rent them out at a premium cost because it's like you get your own living room and a bedroom. Mm -hmm. And is there, is there one bathroom downstairs? Yes. So private, private bedroom, private living room slash office mm -hmm. and shared bathroom with one other roommate or tenant. Mm -hmm. Yes, just yeah, okay. in and the so basement. bath? Uh, yeah, and we're also going to put like a tiny little kitchenette down there with uh, another fridge and some yeah. area for them to like do breakfast. If they oh, great. So it's just Jeff White's advice to yeah. have, you know, like a separate little like, you know, spot for like even like a, just a fridge, you know, like somewhere where they can kind of do their own thing, like definitely helps, you know, alleviate some of the craziness of having to use one kitchen for five tenants. So, so um, sink, mini fridge, microwave, something like that, maybe yeah. hot plate, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Like that. Yeah. yeah, and then upstairs. Yeah, the kitchen is definitely like pretty outdated. Um, it's kind of a weird layout. We're going to try and utilize, you know, like just refurbish, you know, some of the cabinets are already there. They're definitely, I think from 1958, when the house was built, they're all, you know, actual wood. And so we'll, you know, plan on sanding them down, you know, putting some new fixtures on them, kind of freshen them up. We'll have to add a little bit more cabinetry and stuff to the other side of the kitchen because it's pretty bare. Um, just to add that extra space for, you know, storage for all the tenants and stuff. Mm -hmm. And going to try and like, you know, organize it where each tenant has like their own cabinets and stuff to like really make it, you know, is confrontation list as possible for you know the people living there so what's cool though too is so the downstairs basement um there's like a private entrance mm -hmm. in the back of the house so you can mm -hmm. walk oh, up the great. driveway yeah. there's the back door and then the hallway that leads right into the basement is mm -hmm. right there and then what's also great about this layout is right off of the back door um the kitchen is right next to it as well so the kitchen's kind of the heart <laughs> everybody has access to the kitchen in like different ways yeah mm -hmm. to where you know no one's having to walk through y'all's upstairs living space to get to the kitchen mm -hmm. so really if you like wanted to like shut it off and have it completely separate you know, the common walkway area is the kitchen, which exactly. is really great too. Yeah. So this house. And yeah. that goes back to like those options that we were really, really played in a key factor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it had, you know, could do it. Like we talked about doing an up down. Like it was originally like our thought process, like if we run out as a single family home, uh, like to one family, like it would pretty much break even. Um, for well, like 25, 26 hours a month. In yeah. Room? Like I think like the standard rental rate for like we found was like 23, 2400 a okay. month for that area. And that's basically what, you know, with mortgage and like, you know, all the utilities were in at per month. So, um, you know, if one family breaks even, you know, if we were to split it up in like an up down kind of thing, it would, you know, cash for a little bit better. Um, and then obviously the best case scenario was room by room. So it's definitely like, you know, we're still in, in the weeds of it. You know, we're going to go through it and see how it works out. We're, you know, learning as we go. Um, so, but you know, those options are awesome. Could something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. So you have a rent here of four thousand bucks. So this mm -hmm. is for after you move out, right? Yeah, that's after you move okay, out. Okay. So what what's the plan? You're doing just room by room rentals? Yeah. So we're thinking like roughly like seven hundred dollars a room for the three upstairs rooms because they they do share one bathroom upstairs. Um, there is a, a living room that will be communal. We'll, we will furnish that. We still like gone back and forth on like if we were going to furnish all the rooms, depending on if we do like you know go like an Airbnb route or furnish finder. Um, but we're thinking, you know. We're probably only going to furnish the bedroom, um, or not the bedroom, but the, the living room, and then they'll bring their own furniture into the bedrooms. 
Um, and then for the downstairs, since they do have their own private, like the suite things we're talking about, we probably won't furnish their living room areas. We'll let them bring like whatever they want to, you know, just put in there. But, but yeah, so it'd be pretty what low cost. Um, What's the rent for downstairs, yeah. do you think? Uh, so downstairs, we're thinking um, one suite is a little bit bigger than the other. So we kind of like originally were like, you know, we'll do a thousand each, but you know, it could be either like 900 and 1100 or like, you know, based off, you know, somewhere around there. But like roughly I'd say like a thousand dollars a piece for the downstairs ones. Okay. All right. Times a thousand per room. So $4,000 a month. And while you're living there, um, you guys are going to medium term rental the downstairs. I think so. That's the plan. We, uh, once we get the kitchen kind of like where we think it needs to be. So like, it'd be comfortable for other people to be living there as well. Cause like right now we're pretty much maxing out the cabinets that are there and yeah. you know, it's kind of tight for us just cause it really doesn't have a whole lot in it right now. Um, so once you get that kind of set in stone, um, we do want to, we have re the first week we were there, we repaired the entire upstairs just to like make it feel a little cleaner. And you know, so it would, uh, we'd feel good about living there. Um, but once we, yeah, once we get the downstairs kind of painted, a uh, little more set up for it, yeah, we definitely are going to try and, you know, because that, we, we'd be talking about it. We're like, you know, how do we get into the next property? Because right now, you know, currently we, we can afford it, you know, it's going good, but like, you know, aren't really able to save a whole bunch. But, you know, we had this conversation like, you know, what, what will it take for us to have that down payment and, you know, like those reserves to be able to get in the next property comfortably. And, you know, if we were able to rent out the downstairs for $2,000 a month, you know, that could literally, if we could just save that and like, you know, be paying what we're paying right now and just put that in our savings, like that alone would, you know, in a year or two, Perfect. Like, get us yeah. into the next property easily. So, so vacancy, you're running at 8% for, for room by room, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I've had some clients over there. They've actually said their vacancy is close to zero over there. Mm -hmm. If you can time it with uh, the students and the mm -hmm. uh, whatever types, all the programs over there. Mm -hmm. So I like running higher more conservative yeah. but hopefully it comes in a lot lower than this uh -huh. um rent increase three percent annual appreciation rate five percent mm -hmm. i mean you know that's all just you know not going to impact cash flow property management is going to be a no since you guys are doing room by room mm -hmm. so drop it down to there monthly maintenance for reserves Five percent, eight percent. What do you guys want to run it at? Because you're doing a lot of stuff right now. This is one of those things in debate about where, hey, do we want to like average out for the long run? Uh -huh. But also, since you guys are living there, you guys are doing a lot of work, uh -huh. doing a lot of things to make it tenant proof and just minimize, you know, small things from breaking that add up hundred dollars, eighty dollars, two hundred dollars here and there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what was nice about getting the grant program is, you know, I think we put in five percent for monthly reserves, but because of that grant program, we were able to preserve a lot of our capital. As I was saying, so we essentially set up a reserve account from day one with like, you know, I think $10,000 in it just to like, you know, have. So like that way we don't have to like keep adding to it each month. It's kind of like there for when we need it. Like if we have to break into it and like, you know, need it, we'll obviously try and like, you know, replenish it. But um, yeah, we're able to set aside a reserves budget. And then also we set up a, a different account with just our uh, renovation budget. So like we put like essentially like another 10,000 into an account and like, hey, this is what we're hoping to only have to spend on the house. Um, you know, we know real estate can go down, you know, depending on what you do and how crazy you get, it can cost you a lot of money, but you know, trying to, trying to be as frugal and only do things that are necessary. So, um, but yeah, so that's been a, a great, another great aspect of the grant program is, you know, don't have to like worry about having money to like put into that. So, um, but yeah, it's a awesome little deal. Great. So we'll run this at 8% to be conservative. Mm-hmm. HOA, no, right? Nope, no HOA. Yeah, no HOA. Uh, taxes, $2,400 a year. Insurance, $1,200. Mm -hmm. that, that's the actual? Yeah, so Great. that's based off. Nice. Uh, yeah. Utilities, what, $1,500 for water and sewers, the estimate? 
Yeah. Is that kind of looking so good so far in the first so, month or so you're there? I was like trying to like go off like our bills and like then like update the spreadsheet. But I was thinking, I was like, you know, when we have five people in here, it's definitely gonna be a different cost. Like they're gonna be using more. So I got these numbers based off an example that you did um, on a five, two in Aurora. So these are still like a forecast of, yep. you know, cause mm-hmm. we're, we're not paying this much, but I wanted to like, again, run the numbers conservatively. So we, mm-hmm. you know, at least new worst case scenario, what it, you know, what it can come down to. So. So 400 trash, 2,400 a year for Excel, and then you're doing providing Wi-Fi, right? Yes. Yeah. So. What's your actual bill for that? Because I think I think an example I put 600 a year. That might be a little bit low, depending on. I think that's pretty spot on. We feel like really? 50 okay. bucks a month. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, cool. Perfect. Pretty that comes cheap. out pretty much on point. So. Um, cool. So that's all the operating data. All right. So we got the cash flow tab. All the numbers are are restated here. So it shows your total expan- your total annual expense is about twelve thousand dollars and change, your um, which we subtract from your annual rental income of forty four thousand dollars to give you an NOI of just under thirty two thousand dollars. Your mortgage payments of principal and interest and no PMI is about sixteen thousand for the year. So you're going to be cash flowing like fifteen thousand bucks a year, which is Pretty crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a thousand bucks plus a month. Yeah. yeah we looked at uh, the 10 year projection within this spreadsheet and at 10 years, if we did what we're doing and, you know, not even increasing rent over time, one of us can quit our jobs. That's just awesome. with one property. Yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> definitely like the, I would say like the five, somewhere between five and 10 years is, you know, get to the point where we can transition fully into this and not have to mm-hmm. deal with, you know, working on our, our nine to five jobs as well at the same time and um, really just, you know, focus solely on it and put put more into it at that point so great so i mean you gotta be thrilled about that number right there oh, yeah um <laughs> that made her that is what i think and, got her on board with the whole room by and here's where it just gets <laughs> stupid we don't get percentage numbers oh yeah because i mean you guys know we use you know we use that the return on investment quadrant mm-hmm. which kind of shows the four quadrants on here and what that does you know that that bottom number the denominator that's the total initial investment for you guys was like forty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. So when you're making cash flow of fifteen thousand bucks a year, that's the numerator. Fifteen thousand mm-hmm. divided by forty five hundred uh, gives you a three hundred and sixty six percent cash on cash return. Uh, yes, three six six point nine percent. So you guys so far have the record for the craziest percent that I've ever seen on the podcast. Hey, that's uh, cool. <laughs> appreciation is four hundred and twenty two percent, and that does not mean the house appreciated four hundred twenty two percent. It means the appreciation five percent times $350,000 is 17,500. 17,500 divided by 4,500 is gonna give you that 400% plus return. Debt pay down, it's 178%. Depreciation is 83%. So altogether, that's like a thousand, I mean, a thousand fifty-one percent in return. It says in year one. Obviously, this will be year two once you guys move out, but mm-hmm. it'll be uh, it'll be pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. And your total return is gonna be like you know forty-three thousand dollars with all four of those combined: cash flow fifteen thousand, appreciation seventeen thousand, debt pay down seven thousand, depreciation thirty-five hundred dollars. These are stupid, great numbers. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was like, you it's know, ridiculous. when we were comparing like options, we were like looking at new built townhomes and like going down that road. And I was like, you know, they're like breaking even. It's like, it came down to me like, you know, the whole risk versus reward thing. I was like, you know, this would definitely be a riskier investment. It you would, a house that needs more work. It's going to be more intensive doing room by room, more tenants to manage, but. That doesn't lie. Yeah. And like, you know, we're like, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be stressful. And it, you know, it's proven to be a lot, yeah. but. You know, we're we're still in it for the long haul and you know, we're learning day by day. It's it's been awesome. You know, there's things even now like working on the house, you know, like one thing I've learned is 
one of the worst things for a house of this age is to not have somebody in it for months on end. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we're kind of facing right now. We're starting like little leaks are springing up, like our you know sink got clogged. Our like bathtub drain is now leaking down. Yeah. So the it's not all glorious. Yeah. But like it, it takes work, you know, it's, <laughs> but, you know, but from a rental standpoint, yeah. you guys deal with that now because you need exactly. to way cheaper hands on exactly. to get all that little crap figured out and fixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you move out, you should hopefully be pretty problem you know. free. Yeah. And yeah. I think something that's important to note about finding returns in this way is Will and I actually spent a lot of time playing with a spreadsheet and nailing down to the T exactly what we wanted. I've mentioned this before in the cash flow that we wanted and nothing less than that. And that's why like Lauren was such a wonderful agent to work with because we told her exactly what that was. And then she hunted for it and she made sure that we got it. <laughs> she yeah. was aggressive in a very positive, wonderful way. For I us. do want to know this was probably a once in a lifetime deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was right before all of the craziness with the market. Do you think if this house was on the market tomorrow, do you think that you would be able to get it the same way that you got it? I don't know. I don't know, because it seems like things are kind of turning around a little bit, but because we were in like the heart, this is no inventory. End of January, like Mm -hmm. the heart of when it was the worst. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know, Lauren, what do you think? I mean, I think um, like in today's market right now, like today, I think this would go for a lot more. Really? We didn't have to do an appraisal gap on this one, right? Um, I have to go back and look. Um, uh, but that's usually, that's a big thing right think, now is being able to provide that appraisal gap. You yeah. know? So, I think we yeah. we did, but it appraised right at yeah. value. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing too was like, I, th- I don't know if our original offer, we like said, we're like, we'll put an offer in for 340, but we'll flex up to 350 because mm-hmm. we knew like, that's kind of what these houses mm-hmm. were going for. We knew like this is not going to go for three thirty. Like that was just right, insane. Right. Yeah. So and we knew like there's a couple of offers at three fifty. I think they had let us know that. Mm-hmm. So we're like, you know, we'll go to three fifty. Like that's fine. Um, they did eventually like you know go with the other offer at first, but yeah, it, it ended up working out, and it's a uh, definitely stoked. We're on insanely it. happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, this this has been a uh, a great deal. Great fan of the podcast. And one more thing that I want to mention out here because. Uh, a lot of our followers are going to see a lot more Diana because I think that I might, I might butch the timeline here, but you guys close on this property. And I think, I don't know, a couple weeks after that, we put, you know, we, we put our job posting out there for a new social media manager as we wanted to expand and you reached out. I mean, I don't know, a few weeks after the closing or a few weeks after the, this, um, which was great. And then, you know, Great fit for for you. Great fit for us organization. You've been working with us now, I think, for like you know six weeks from yeah. when we recording this podcast, and it's going great. Um, so Dana is just, I mean, she is getting. She has the the abilities, the resources, the experience to get out there and get really active on social media. It's been our goal for a while, um, and so but she's taken up, and so she's gonna be doing a lot more on YouTube and social media. So Dana, glad to have you on the team. Yeah, and heads up, they're not doing seeing a lot more of her. Yeah. Do you want to give a plug, Dana, for for what your vision is, <laughs> what people can do? I know you got some promotions starting to. Yeah, so I mean, maybe this is a good time to pitch the book coming out. Uh, we're going to start prepping to launch our 2021 investing guide. And another thing is if you just want to find us on social, you can just search Envision Advisors on Instagram. And we're also on LinkedIn. And definitely check out our YouTube channel because it's bomb. Yeah. It's bomb. Yeah. Cool. And I'm the proponent of the podcast. You know, obviously, hopefully they're... I found it to this point so they can be listening to this one, but that was a great resource for me to like Good. really, you know, gain the confidence, you know, learn a lot and uh, really, you know, make this vision a, uh, you know, real life kind of thing. So 
Love it. Well, Lauren, Will, Dana, any uh, final thoughts or comments before we wrap up here? No. <laughs> I think you guys did a great job. That yeah. was awesome. This was a, you don't see these kind of numbers all, all of the uh, time. So this yeah. was really fun to build a run. Yeah. And we're definitely going to like, you know, keep trying to replicate this as best we can. You know, it's, you know, it was kind of like a once lifetime kind of thing, but you know, we're going to keep shooting for it. So it's a great launch. We'll off find point it. For us. We'll find yeah. it. All right. Since you guys are investors out here, house hackers, um, wasn't the best time to come out here and network and make friends. Mm -hmm. What's the best way for people to reach you? Because there's going to be a lot of other like-minded people. Mm -hmm. That might be a great way for you guys to start connecting and do some virtual networking. So how can people People get a hold of you to to talk about real estate or just say, cool, those guys sound cool. I want to go camping with them or mm -hmm. do whatever. Like, what's what's a good way for people to reach you? Uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is Dinah Dawson uh, with four A's in my first name. And then uh, we're also trying to be better about LinkedIn, so you can reach out to us on LinkedIn too. All right, and we'll put those uh, the handles and everything in the show notes. Perfect, guys. This has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It was awesome. a pleasure. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs>